All right. You know what it is? You know who it is? We're back. We got episode 24 of the Fight Cast. We got a review of this awful fight that was Ben Askren and Jake Paul. We're going to talk about UFC Fight Night. We had a, a good fight between Gaslam and Whitaker and a lot of stuff that's coming up with that. And then uh, we're going to preview all the boxing this weekend. And then uh, the UFC. It's a huge UFC card. Three championship fights, uh, two of which are female division, and they're both savages, the, the current champs and the people they're fighting. So let's get into it. Uh, you know, I think uh, we'll, we'll brush over this Askren Paul nonsense because yeah, let's just get it over with. Yeah, Trash. Um, Trash. it was bad. It was Done. bad. Done. There we go. Let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> it was, Triller was terrible. Uh, the fight was awful. Jake Paul, if you didn't see, knocked out Ben Askren with, and uh, I think it was like a minute into the first round, um, with a with a right hand because Ben's guard was absolutely atrocious for for boxing. Didn't move his head. Didn't do anything. Uh, no, I don't. I don't even think he realized that a punch had been thrown. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was like. He, he, was, he, was, he was standing there with his guard uh, halfway down his fucking face, and the shot just came right over his glove and he didn't move it at all. Didn't try to move his head. So yep. I guess he just figured, ah, oh, I mean, I'll just eat this punch. That, that was it. And, that. Uh, I thought he'd be able to eat a couple more. I, 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 don't, I still don't think Jake hits that hard. I think he was just not expecting it. Honestly, like you said, well, he, did, he does hit hard, but again, like I think I said this last week, it's because of the weight. Cause he doesn't know how to box. Yeah. Yeah. Like he does, he throws all of his punches with his body, with the yep. entirety of his body, which is why he ends up looking at the ground when he's throwing a two, because he's, he puts so much force, but so much of his body behind the punch that he can't catch himself. He can't snap back into position. Yeah. He, he, th- he throws punches so hard with so much that he throws himself right out of position. You know, it's a, it's a sign of a, a trash ass fighter dude that yeah. doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. But when you got a guy in front of you that doesn't know how to get away from it, I mean, it's recipe for disaster. Yeah, yeah. And he was talking a little bit about it. Askren was that um, he's never worried about the right because every time he's worried about the right in the UFC, he usually just goes for the takedown. Like he wants people to throw that punch. So he was saying that was the biggest reason why um, that was like an issue for him. And he always kept his guard down. Um, And that was like the whole thing during the camp because he had, do you know Tyron Woodley? Yeah. He's a UFC fighter and he was like on him the entire, the entire camp. Like, you got to keep that hand up. You got to keep your hand up. You got to keep your hand up. And Ben was like, I know, I know. Like, I got to keep my hand up, blah, blah. But like he was saying that in the UFC, he wanted people like, he, like he wanted people to throw that right. Cause as soon as he did, he'd drop right under for the take. Yeah, well, I, I don't Yeah. But again, it's boxing. He, he said he, he tried his best to fix it within the 12 weeks. It was just something that was just so ingrained and he had to like think about to fix and it just wasn't going to happen, you know? That, that, that's one of the things, again, I, I've said it many, many times. I'll keep saying it. Um, MMA guys need better uh, boxing coaching. Um, you, you can't, you can't just, you know, depend on, Oh, I'm going to, if a guy throws a punch, I'm going to do this one thing. Y- you have to know how to defend it, you know? And so it's, that shouldn't even have been an issue going into the fight. Like, Oh my God, this is so ingrained to me. I'm so used to doing this. Why the fuck aren't you used to moving your head out of the way of danger? Yeah. That's what, like, that drives me fucking nuts. Yeah. It's, it's like the, the simplest, the most basic fucking instruction, like thing to remember in fighting. Attack comes, move. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yep. Yep. Attack comes, move out of the way. Yeah. I, I don't understand like why it's such an issue. Like, oh my God, I'm so used to doing this other thing, which is just not defending the shot at all. That it, Like I got into boxing and I can't defend the shot. Learn yeah. how to fucking move your head. And then you wouldn't, they wouldn't have this problem. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, uh, it's so uh, frustrating. And the rest of the, you know, I, I think if anybody who did watch the rest of the card, um, it, it was just, it was just not good. I, and I, I hope they don't do I it on here. What? Did you? I I don't know what happened with the the red catch fight. So uh, Progress. Uh, oh yeah, Progress won. He he won. Uh, he ended up dropping him in the sixth round. Uh, okay, the, the, was there some controversy or something? Because I keep like I read that he got awarded a TKO after the fight. Like there was, I forgot exactly what it was because I was kind of watching the UFC a little bit in between that fight. But he he knocked him down, or I, I forgot the exactly what happened. I know Progress won. I don't know what the the whole. TKO situation was um but the rest I mean that fight was just kind of like they were I know you said progress was an actual like he's like an actual fighter um he didn't look like yeah Yeah, they they both kind of looked like ass both guys Um, yeah they're lower tier fighter but they both been in there with like champions so yeah yeah and like like I said they were probably the best they were definitely the best fight of the night uh whether they were you know the most interesting fight or not was another question, but progress, you know, one, uh, there was another fight on there that some billionaire like J uh, Fournier, his name is something Fournier uh, against some, like, I don't even know who the hell this dude was like literally looked like he never boxed in his life. He was crossing his feet when he was walking. He might've thrown like four punches. There was like, another celebrity fight on the card. Yeah, it was uh hold on. Let me see. I'm going to have to look up the rest of this card. And you know, for the idiots that were fucking watching that, that well, I mean, I guess it didn't matter because the Andre fight was on earlier in the night, but yeah, that ended up being a great fight. Yeah, I think uh, Joe Fournier versus Raycon. I don't know who Raycon is. I, 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 didn't, I don't even know. Don't uh, even know. Raycon's a music performer, apparently. I don't know what any of what you said means. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I don't know. Let me hold on. I'm looking up Joe Fournier. I don't understand. Uh, Joe Fournier is an entrepreneur. It says English entrepreneur selling to uh, FT. He owned his own fitness business. Then moved into the nightclub industry and then boxing. No idea. I don't really know. No, so he's a nobody. Yeah, I don't give it. What it said, he's a famous entrepreneur. I'd never heard of him. So yeah, I, I never heard of him either. Um, the other fight on the card was Frank Mir versus Steve Cunningham. Um, a 70 pound weight difference for that fight. Frank Mir was like 270, and this guy, Steve Cunningham, was like 200, and Frank Mir lost. <laughs> and he was like a former Frank Mir is a former fighter. Um, he's just real big, just like uh, it's just bad. It was bad overall. The the card itself was awful. The the music they had, dude. Oh my god! Like the music was uh, literally there was a thirty minute stretch on the the, the the card that was just music, and it was this rat or these uh, Saweetie and uh, Doja Cat. Never, I don't really listen to him, but literally 30 minutes straight was just them singing like five, six, seven, eight, nine songs. 
then Justin Bieber. And then they had, you know, obviously the whole Oscar De La Hoya situation. He came on. So it was, what was that him talking about his fight or whatever. Well, he, he came on as a, uh, what do you call it? A broadcaster, like an announcer during the oh. fight. And the dude was like clearly on something. He was kept saying, he's like, just kept like repeating words, repeating words, repeating words, and like just saying shit that didn't make any sense and just like bouncing back and forth from topic to topic to topic to topic. And everyone was just kind of like, dude, like this is bad. And I think he said something about uh, drugs up there. I, I didn't listen because I wasn't really listening to the fight. Um, I had it on the stream and then I was uh, like bouncing back and forth while I was mostly watching UFC. Um, it was him, Snoop Dogg, uh, Al Bernstein, which Al Bernstein again probably wanted to kill himself <laughs> uh oscar de la hoya um oh what the hell is that guy's name uh he's the comedian from saturday night live the guy who dated Ari- ariana grande oh pete davidson pete davidson and then pete davidson um, was the commentator he was the commentator and he was the main interviewer of both locker rooms so he went into jake paul's locker room interviewed jake paul it was a terrible interview and then he left, started talking shit about Jake Paul, went into Ben Askren's locker room, and then left and started talking shit about Ben Askren. It was just, it was such a joke of a Dude, performance. So, so, so here's the here's the thing. I did watch um, uh, something that came out of that that did catch my eye was like, and I know it was a little bit of just clickbait because the the video didn't, um, I didn't see that in the video what was described, but it said that. Jake Paul um, now wants to fight Tyrone Woodley in a boxing match or something. So, and and so I watched it right, yeah. and it was Tyrone Woodley mainly arguing with Jaleen Love. Yeah, Jaleen Love is a boxer. Yep, who's not very good. Yeah, um, but the shit that he was saying to Tyrone Woodley had me cracking up because he was being as deadly serious as you could possibly be about that, and it was funny. Yeah. He was holding the gloves up and he's like, yo, you don't know nothing about these, bro. He's <laughs> like, why are you in here? You don't know nothing about these. That shit had me dying because it, the fact of the matter is, uh, so, so anyway, there is no, like none of that in there. Like Jake Paul said a few words, but yeah. basically he was minding his own business. Um, but basically what came out of that is like, like I saw this guy who was not a very good boxer. He's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, talking to this championship level mma fighter yeah you don't know none about these gloves and like the idea of them fighting was like oh that's cool but again if they put gloves on if they're in the ring jaylee Lev is fucking that dude up well tyron woodley tyron woodley said he's not huh tyron woodley said he's not fighting jaylee love unless he goes in the cage and then see um, he's smart yeah he's smart he's a jake paul he'll he'll box see that's smart because yeah. I, I, th- I think that Woodley's hands are good enough and he's big enough to fuck Jake Paul up. Well, the thing is, is Woodley walks around. He even said, I was listening, so I was listening to him today because he was on Ariel Helwani's show. Um, and it was actually a good interview because I have never really listened to Tyron Woodley that much. But I like Tyron Woodley. He's just, he's kind of fallen off a little bit. But he's also, like, he's getting disrespected. Like, these guys, and that's one thing I, I hated, like, this weekend because everyone was disrespecting Tyron Woodley. And like, yeah, yeah Jaylen Love is a boxer, but like, Jaylen Love would get his fucking like. That's the thing is like, I don't think they understand that like in that situation, like if Tyron Woodley wanted to, he could have killed Jaylen Love in two seconds. And they were talking. Well, about I, mean, I mean, let's 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 be honest. I mean, they're standing in front of each other. 
he's at arm's length. So, I mean, he's got to not get hit in the face first. Exactly. And again, but, Tyron Woolley coming from the UFC is not known for moving out of the way of punches. That's true. You know I, mean? I, still think, I still think. I, I, see what, I see what you're saying. There's, it's not like, like in an, like now we're talking about street fight. It's like, you yeah. don't have some advantage that yeah. you would have win. You know what I mean? So but, like, so what I was, they were, they were talking about Tyron Woodley saying he's like a bomb or whatever. And Jalen Love was saying, you don't know nothing about these, like the gloves. Um, you know, Tyron Woodley isn't, he's definitely not a bomb. He's definitely, you know, he's one of the better fighters in like the history of the UFC. And he was even saying it today. And I was listening to him talk and he's right. He was two fights away from being considered the GOAT. Like, you know, he, he was at a point where he, when he lost to Usman, who's fighting this weekend, if he had beat Usman and then beat Colby next, he would have been considered the best fighter of the welterweight division ever and probably would have been above George St. Pierre because his competition was significantly better than George St. Pierre. But, you know, it didn't happen. He lost. But again, he fought Usman, Burns, um, and Colby. He broke his rib against Colby Covington. And, you know, ended up having to dry out of the fight. It was a pretty close fight. I would say Colby was winning. Um, his last fight was just a bad fight overall. And he, again, didn't move his head. So, you know, for him, he's had a rough go at his last four fights. Um, I still think, you know, he's a better, obviously a better boxer than Ben Askren. I think 90% of the world is a better boxer than Ben Askren. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, mean but, I mean, yeah. And so, yeah, so that that's, see, that's smart, man. I like I like what Woodley's doing there. He's like, look, yeah. man, I know this dude, Jay Leon Love, has been boxing his whole life. Even though he's like an average boxer, yeah. he's still going to whoop me in the ring. Yeah. But Jake Paul, my hands are better than Jake Paul's hands. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm big enough and athletic enough. So that's what I was getting to. Tyron Woodley said he walks around at 200 and I didn't know I misunderstood the whole situation with Ben Askren he walked in 20 pounds heavier than normal like he's yeah. usually a 170 like big, fighter that, dude he looked yeah. and he, he looked like a fucking someone said he looked like a milk jug <laughs> <laughs> so he, he looked like someone's dad at a barbecue you know yeah I mean? so he was just not in a good position there and I think everybody knew that going in but Jake especially knew that picking him at a 20 pound you know, weight disadvantage, but Tyron Woodley walking in cut to the fucking bone at yeah. 200. Like, I, I don't think Jake Paul's going to do it. Um, he was no, out, no, fuck no. Yeah. No, there's no way. No he was way. calling out, uh, Nate Diaz too. No, but there's an actual boxer. Uh, Tommy Fury was the guy that I've heard. Uh, Tommy Fury. Yeah. He's like five and oh, I don't know if he's related to Tyson Fury um he's he's like it, it can't it can't because i know tyson fury does have a i forget what his, his brother's name is but he does have a brother that boxes um and Tommy that, fury that, is a british professional boxer and a reality tv star took time off from boxing to start off a date <laughs> he has a half brother of heavyweight champion tyson fury yeah yeah, so I've seen that dude fight before. Um, he was actually on one of, I want to say he was on one of Tyson Fury's undercards mm. a couple years ago or something like that. Um, he can fight. Uh, that's not a real thing. Um, I, I don't believe for a second that um, that's a real thing. I think I, I said this last week, and I hope everyone keeps this in mind moving forward with everything that Jake Paul says. His entire business, his entire brand is built on hype. Yep. So the more he talks, like, I'm calling this dude out. That's hype. That brings him attention. That brings him money. That brings his team money. 
But when it comes down to it and they actually choose to actually fight, it's not going to be a boxer. Yep. You guarantee that. Well, guarantee. Think, yeah. Well, that's why I'm, I don't know what's going to happen next. It looks like Woodley's pushing for this. Like he's actually pushing for this. Um, I, I doubt that he's going to fight Woodley and I doubt that he's going to fight. The problem is, is Jake's in a spot where like, he's, he's not going to get the Nate Diaz. Like he's not, no. Nate Diaz is not coming down. Connor's not coming down. He called, called out DC, like Daniel Cormier. Like he's just calling out a bunch of random people. Like he's, yeah. he's only, he's only. Yeah, it's the hype train. Just, yeah. just call people out and people think I'm awesome because I'm yeah. calling people out. So whatever but happens. It's not real. Him calling out DC, that's not real. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. That's not real. Yeah. So I'm. Even, so even the Connor, the Connor, I, I almost don't believe that the Nate Diaz call out is real. It's not. He, he's well, he talks all that shit about uh, about Conor McGregor and as terrible as Conor McGregor has looked in his past few fights, and as much as I think his head is not even in the fight game anymore, yeah. I think on a bad day in his sleep, Conor McGregor could just with his hands beat the shit out of fucking Jake Paul. Yeah. So I don't think that's real either. And Nate Diaz, you know, again his his boxing is a little suspect. I know that they come from a boxing background, yeah. but I think all them years of doing jujitsu, they 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 fought a they got a little rusty with his hands, but even him, he'll box the shit out of. Well, box the shit out the problem of is, is Nate Diaz is still one seventy fighter. Like he's a one seventy fighter. He's not a two hundred pound guy. So if he, him going in at two hundred, I don't think that would matter. Nate Diaz. No, I don't think it would matter either. But I'm saying, like, I don't think Nate would be at his peak at one ninety. Like that wouldn't be a good, a good look for him. And I don't think he would want to do it. So I, I don't. I mean, if they did do that, they 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 could find a catch weight. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, I don't like, know. Like maybe like 180, maybe if Jake yeah. Paul can get down to 180. But, uh, but, but, uh, but uh, either way, either way, I, I don't think that – I think the people, the team around Jake Paul, whoever's managing him and making those decisions, mm. like regarding who he's fighting, I think they're too smart to pick Tyron Woodley. Yeah. I don't think they'll, they'll ever do that. They'll, 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 I, I guarantee the, the next person he fights is going to be another MMA fighter who's not that good. Who can't well, that's the him. thing. It's like they're talking about it now. And again, Ariel Hawani was talking about this, but, you know, he made a really good point. He was like, Jake's managed to turn this into him versus MMA, like him versus the UFC community. And, and like, like he's representing boxing. Yeah. Like, and he keeps no, saying that. And he keeps no, no, there is no one in the boxing community that is like, like yeah, all right, Jake Paul's beating up these fucking MMA. No one gives a shit. Yeah, because yeah. he's making he's if people that don't know anything about boxing hear like oh this guy this boxer Jake Paul is fighting and then watch him and they think that's what boxing is he's doing a disservice to the entire fucking sport and a sport that has a history that goes back to the fucking dawn of man so yeah. I mean fuck him and everything he, all that bullshit he brings to it the sad part is he's doing something right he they said he had a million pay-per-view buys pay-per-view buys he's, uh, yeah that's we insane. live in America in 2021. We just had a reality TV star as president for four years. All the dude is doing is open his fucking mouth and people yes. are like, oh, yeah. And they're clapping like fucking seals at a circus. Oh, this is great. They don't know what they're yeah. fucking. They don't. People don't know what they want until someone tells them what they want. That's the problem. Yeah. There's, there's so much shit out there that they're like, okay, tonight I'm going to like, and this is the average person that doesn't know anything about boxing, right? Canelo is on tonight. Uh, I, I know the name. He's a big star, but Jake Paul's fighting tonight, and he's a loudmouth and says things, and he's more like me, and he's more hip. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch him. That's that's what this country is. That's what the culture that we live in. Yeah. I mean, so you know, I, I I don't know that it's hard to do what he's doing. You know what I mean? To get a million pay per view buys 
when you already had a following because you were a child actor yeah and all you do is go around talking shit to get attention you know like like the old saying goes there's no such thing as bad publicity you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. um so i mean is it really fucking hard like he's, no, he's I, don't, I don't think it's hard i just think he's clearly a fucking insane. dummy yeah, yeah. You know what i mean I just he's think it's really a million people were willing to pay to watch him fight. I, I, like I said, I don't think it's, I don't think it's hard, they especially by all his... fucking seventeen years old. Yeah. And they were all watching it on their cell phones too. Little yeah. fucking idiots. Well, at least we don't have to talk about it for a while until the whatever comes up. It's looking like, like I said, they were talking about Tyron Woodley because his story makes the most sense right now because he was in Ben's corner. He's really good friends with Ben and be like avenging Ben's loss, whatever. But I doubt Jake will put himself in that situation. Um, but I'm excited to not have to talk about it because it was awful. Triller was awful. Oscar De La Hoya is, you know, talking about his next fight. He's like, I'm going to fucking kill whoever's in front of me. He's like, just sounded like an idiot. Just absolutely think, sounded like an it, idiot. It, it, it kind of sounds like Golden Boy Promotions is going down the shitter or something. Yeah. What, what is he doing? Yeah. And they it, it, up, I, I saw the um, a Forbes list, like, I don't know, like maybe a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. Uh and um, Forbes list of athletes, yeah. retired and active, and De La Hoya was on there worth like two hundred fifty million or something. So it's like, what? What is? Well, what's like, he doing? Like Dana said, what are you doing, man? Dana said cocaine's not cheap. <laughs> what fucking quarter of a billion dollars this guy is it worth? What are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. It's not. It's not looking good for him though. Yeah. Um. Anyways, on to the next part. UFC Fight Night. We had a really good night on uh, UFC. There was Kevin Gaslam, Robert Whitaker. Uh, it, it was a it was a great fight. Um, Gaslam's got a fucking chin. That's all I know. This dude can eat shots like I've never seen before. Um, Whitaker looked fantastic. Punches, kicks. He was putting it all together. You know, he looked a lot better than I was thinking he was going to look, and Gaslam looked a lot worse than I was thinking he was going to look, and. Gaslam coming in didn't look as in shape as he did last fight. And I don't know if that was to do with his, obviously his training or like something happened, but um, Whitaker took control early and he caught Gaslam. He has this, Whitaker has this combo, this one, it's a, it's a left, it's a jab, cross, kick. And as soon as he throws that kick or the, the cross, the kick's coming up following that cross. So he just goes left, right, kick straight up. And what, what was kept happening was Gaslam kept, uh, you know, parrying the, the cross and moving his head right down into the kick. And he got caught like three or four times with it. And, you know. Wait, the kick was coming from what side? The left? The right side. So it was like it, he was throwing the jab, the cross. And then as he was throwing the cross to like basically set himself up for the kick. Like in, in Muay Thai or like when you kick – one of the things they teach you is to like throw your hand out to kind of like block the opposer posing hand. And then also to like balance yourself. So he was coming in with the jab coming through with the cross. And as the cross was coming through the right kick was coming right behind that, that cross. Hmm. And then Gaston was coming to the side, moving out of the way. Cause he would go, you know, if you're going to parry, it would be like you'd parry the jab and then you'd go like this for the cross. And that's at least how you're taught a lot of times in MMA. Um, and your head comes over and that kicks just right there. So, like, whatever he was doing, it was just – he was getting caught with that consistently. He Whitaker just looked sharp. He was hitting his jabs, hitting his crosses. That combo, like I said, I think he hit that combo at least six times in the fight. Um, it, he, he looked great. And 
now with that being said um it looks like it's going to be Whitaker versus Izzy um for the next fight I don't, I don't know Vittori's in a tough situation now um I still think Vittori and Whitaker should fight because I don't think they fought yet um I think Whitaker and Vittori should fight and then the winner of that should fight Izzy but the way that um, Whitaker looked he wants the title fight and he wants it now he doesn't want to wait and I he's smart because like he's there um, why take the chance and fight Vittori if you don't have to um, I just don't know what they're going to do with Vittori because those two are both on a, on a like crash course for each other eventually um, and Whitaker honestly I mean I don't think he could but he looks so good that like I think it would be a different fight against Izzy and like this time and this I heard an interesting flip on this is that like Izzy versus Whitaker this time is like the opposite where Izzy's coming off a loss. Izzy's coming off, you know, a defeat where Blahovich kind of showed how to beat Izzy, whether it was just because of his size or not, he showed how to beat Izzy and Whitaker has the skills to definitely come in and possibly beat Izzy. I don't not definitely not saying he would, but I think that what's going to happen here is that Whitaker's going to come in. He's going to fight Izzy. I think it's going to be a way better fight to say the least. And I think there's a good chance that he can win. But the problem is, like I said, what are they going to do with Vittori now? What's going to go on with Whitaker? Should those two fight each other? They actually get to Izzy. Um, then Darren Till's still in the picture who hasn't fought yet. I think what's going to happen personally, I think Whitaker is going to get the fight just because there's, there's momentum behind that fight. I think Vittori will get the winner of that fight. And then I think uh, Darren Till will be in the picture after that. Um, but, you know, this could make things a lot interesting. Um, Gaslam, I definitely feel for it. He, he looked really good his last fight and then just really, it just seems like he's not at that level, um, for striking. And it's, it's weird because like he gave Izzy his toughest fight and Izzy's easily right now, I think pound for pound, like one of the sharpest strikers in the UFC, I'll say he's got the best, you know, movement. He's got the best kicks. He's got the most accurate striking, I would say. He and uh, Gaslam gave him a run for his money, wobbled him, basically knocked him down twice, but Izzy didn't actually get knocked down because he was, you know, kind of like fell into the cage. But, um, yeah, I think Whitaker looked fantastic. I think it was the best I've ever seen Robert Whitaker look, and I think he really wants his title fight again. So I think, you know, him and Izzy is going to be great coming this time around, and I think that Izzy is hard-pressed to make sure he's ready for this fight. I don't, I don't, I, you know, I think he's got a, I'm sure he doesn't seem like the type of person that would let like a loss get to him like that. Cause I don't think, I don't think he go, went into the fight with Blahovich thinking like, I'm re- like, you know, if I lose this fight, like it's, that's it type thing. But like, I think he knew it was like a tough situation regardless. And he was just trying to make something interesting while he was waiting. Um, but this middleweight division's got Paulo Costa still, Vittori, Whitaker, Izzy, Darren Till, like this is turning into one of the better divisions in the UFC. And I, I think that um, another, now that I'm talking, interesting thing could be Vittori versus Costa and then uh, Whitaker versus Izzy. And then those two, you know, maybe we see a rematch of Costa versus Izzy, which I'd rather not see. I'd rather see Vittori. Um, but yeah, so Whitaker really dominated the fight. Um, just from the beginning, there was nothing. Gaslam had some moments, but there wasn't anything big. It just seemed like every time Gaslam had something going, Whitaker had an answer, and there was that was it. It was just moving forward. That was it. So 
it was a good card overall. A lot of good stuff. Tracy Cortez won. Luis Pena looked good and won. Uh, there was an upset, or I wouldn't really call it an upset, but uh, Al Hassan was fighting Malcoon, and Malcoon just destroyed him um, from top to bottom. It was just a grappling nightmare for Al Hassan. He just looked completely outmatched. And then Andre Arlovsky, again, won. Just fucking dude's been in the UFC for decades, and he's just doing the same shit, and he just keeps beating dudes somehow. Uh, but he looked good. Uh, it was a good night overall. But we got uh, big fights this weekend, huge fights. We got five main card fights, uh, three championship fights, UFC 261 in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, we got Kamaro Usman and Jorge Masvidal fighting this weekend. Uh, a rematch from, I think, last year. It was last year. It was a short-notice fight for Masvidal. Uh, Usman was supposed to fight Burns, and then the fight got chopped because Burns got covid so Masvidal stepped in on short notice and took the fight from Usman um, or for Usman um, had a really bad weight cut. He only had, I think four weeks to train or five weeks to actually train for the fight. And uh, he lost. And I, I think he had to lose 27 pounds to get into that fight with Usman the first time um, he got completely outmatched. It was like a 50, 45 fight, which essentially is, you know, that's like you, you got crushed. You, you didn't win a single round. You didn't have any moments. There wasn't really much going on for you. And Usman looked really good. And Masvidal just didn't have the answers for him. And I don't know if it was because of the weight cut, like the huge weight cut, or if it was just because Usman's that good. We're going to have that finally answered. I personally think the only reason this fight is going on is because Masvidal had the excuse. And you can say quote unquote excuse, because I've heard things that he was training for a while. And like, he technically really wasn't like unexpected as unexpected of a fight um camp as he says he's been training for like weeks before that but i think the only reason this fight's happening is is because of the excuses that have been brought up i don't think masvidal has what it takes and i think uzman's too good overall and i think he's slightly better than masvidal at all things including wrestling which i think is going to win this fight and i think that uzman's just going to do what he did last time which is you know like Connor called him before a jockstrap sniffer, just put his head in your hips and just hold you up and just stop you until, you know, step out. But he also has gotten better and he's shows the ability that I think he can strike with Masvidal as well. You know, the question is, is can Masvidal catch him? Is Masvidal's wrestling improved? Was the weight cut really that big of an issue that it caused him to not be able to like perform at the highest level? We'll see. Yeah. Um, I, I think Usman's going to win. Uh, by decision. I think this will be another five round fight because Usman's not the, you know, I, I say that and he finished his last fight, but he's usually not the type to, you know, finish uh, like pure knockouts. And I don't think that Masvidal's going to just get knocked. Like Masvidal's not the kind of guy who's just going to get knocked out. He's just never been that dude. Uh, he'll take shots. Like he's taken some shots. And I think that this is going to be a decision again. And I think Usman's going to win. I think it's honestly going to be another 50 45 fight. Uh, I'm going to give Masvidal a little bit more respect because I think he's not that. I don't, I don't think he's what that last fight showed. I think it'll be um, – as a, if I didn't score it, I think it would be like a 50-48 fight all the way across the board. I think, I think Masvidal is going to have more moments in this fight, but I think Usman's just on a roll right now, and I don't think uh, Masvidal is the guy to stop him. And after that, it's just who does Usman fight next because he's basically going to be running through the ringer again. Like he's just going back to the start and like lapping everybody. And coming back around, you know, 
is he going to fight Colby again, which would be a huge fight? Um, is he going to fight Gilbert Burns again at some point? Is he going to fight? Um, the, the only logical thing that I see next, if he wins, is Wonder Boy. Uh, Wonder Boy hasn't fought for the belt yet. He's fighting Gilbert Burns on uh, Connor's card on July 10th. So that's going to be a huge fight. And I think if Wonder Boy wins that fight, I think he's got a real shot to actually step in because he's the only one who hasn't fought Usman before. And he's got an interesting style. He's a likable guy. Everybody likes Wonder Boy. He's like one of the least hated people in the UFC. Um, he's just a nice dude overall. Um, but I think he, he deserves a shot. And then we'll kind of just see what happens from there because I think Usman could be one of the next dudes who like either looks to step outside of division or like looks to move up and try to fight because um, he's kind of got that that drive and that that um what do you call it like that fire in him that i think he would want to do that um but we'll see what happens um next fight we got uh welly zhang versus rose namayunas uh welly zhang is the current champion and she is badass um she's looked really good uh last year she won uh she beat yoani and jacek and got the belt from yoani and jacek and yoani and jacek is one of the you know she was one of the top women's what is the division the strawweight champions and she was like one of the best strawweights ever and welly zhang beat her and now she's got uh nama Yunus coming up so i think that nama Yunus has had uh a, she's had a background and she was a champion at one point and then she she beat yoana and jacek as well um, she knocked Joanna and Jacek out, and then she lost to Jessica Andrade, who's also fighting on this card. And then uh, she beat Jessica Andrade, and then obviously she's got this fight with Welly Zhang coming up for this title. I think, I think honestly, um, I, I think Rose is going to win. She's just she's looked she looks really good um, in what I've seen training wise, and I think that she's the type of person that I think last fight she mentioned that she wasn't really mentally all there and her grandma died or something like that or her grandpa died i was listening to an interview with her and helwani uh and she just really wasn't there mentally before the fight and i think now she's focused she's prepared and i, I really think she's going to step up and she's going to beat uh welly and she's going to uh get the belt back i, I think you know I, i'm going to pick her i'm going to go with a a third round tko i think she's going to catch zhang welly or welly zhang and she's going to get that belt back um yeah and I, like i said I, I like rose a lot i think she's a really good fighter she's got a lot of skills she's good on the ground she's good striking uh you know it's just going to be interesting to see what happens with welly zang because she's you know she's dangerous and and she she's uh, that's it she's just dangerous that's it um the third title fight and the last title fight we got valentina shevchenko versus jessica andraj so uh, Shevchenko is essentially, you know, if, if Amanda Nunez wasn't the thing, Shevchenko would be like the GOAT essentially in terms of women's uh, UFC fighting. So I think that uh, – my throat's drying up, sorry. Um, <clears throat> I think that Shevchenko is going to dominate this fight. Uh, I don't know. I think there's a problem in the U women's UFC – where there's a lot of talent at the top and there's a big gap between the next few. And I think that Nunez and Shevchenko are very much head and heels above everybody else. And I think that the only logical fights here are them again, at some point 
at a, at the at this weight division, which would be the feather uh, the flyweight division. Um, Shevchenko is just too complete. She's got everything. She's got kicks. She's got punches. She's got grappling. You know, I think she's overall just a way better fighter than Andrade. And I think that what's going to happen here is what usually happens. Shevchenko is just going to dominate the fight. Um, really, there hasn't been anybody who's given Shevchenko a problem besides Amanda Nunez. So, you know, and that's been in four or five years. You know, she's clearly head and, again, head and heels above everybody else. So I think the only logical thing here, she's going to dominate this fight and win. And then I think that Nunez versus Shevchenko is going to be the next uh, fight to be made. So I'm going to go with Shevchenko. I'm going to go with a third round TKO. She's going to keep the belt and then she'll move forward with whatever happens there. Next two fights, not championship fights, but good fights nonetheless. I'll start with uh, Anthony Smith. He's the first fight of the night. Anthony Smith coming off an impressive first round uh, submission. He looked really good. I forgot who was supposed to fight last time. Um, but whoever he fought and he won his first round submission, there was someone backed out or got sick and he fought the guy that he fought won by a first round submission. Anthony Smith has kind of been like a journeyman. He had a title shot a few years ago against John Jones and he lost, he got destroyed. Um, but he's a good fighter. He's a really good grappler. Um, he's an okay striker. Uh, he's fighting an up and coming guy, Jimmy Crute, who's definitely good. Uh, I'm going to go with Jimmy Crute here. I think Crute's going to take him out. And I think that he's got, you know, I think he's, he's way better as a striker. And I think he's got enough to, to combat Anthony Smith's jujitsu overall. So I'm going to go with Jimmy Crute. I'm going to go with a second round TKO. And then the last fight, we got Uriah Hall and Chris Weidman. This should be a fucking throwback. Should have happened 10 years ago. Uriah Hall coming off of a win against, I believe it was, yeah, Anderson Silva. He beat Anderson Silva in, in his last fight in the UFC. Um, Hall's been a dude who kind of like should be a lot better than he is. And he was like the wonder boy coming up. Like when he was coming through the ultimate fighter, he was a savage on the ultimate fighter. He had like some of the sickest knockouts I've ever seen on like these fights. He, had a lot going for him. And then it just seemed like every time he was like there, he like, it was something that was like holding him back. And like, he had a couple opportunities. He fought Paul Costa and he lost, you know, he had, uh, once he fought Costa and he got kind of like dominated, he didn't really look the same sense. And then, you know, he fought, uh, Carlos jr. And then he fought Anderson Silva and there really wasn't, you know, they were good fights, but there weren't anybody who were going to be competing for the title. So I'm not really sure what was going on. And like I said, he's had a lot of like mental stuff that's kind of kept him back in terms of like taking that next step. Um, he was supposed to fight Weidman, I think like years ago. And that's why I was saying, I think he was supposed to fight Weidman like five or six years ago. Um, so this fight is kind of something that should have happened a while back. And now it's finally happening. I think Uriah Hall is going to win. He looked really good last time. It's just dependent on which one shows up, really. It's just which Uriah Hall shows up. Um, Weidman's a good fighter as well, and he's had a lot of – he's got a good history. Um, he's coming off a win against Akhmedov, and, you know, he lost to Dominic Reyes, and I think it was 2019. Uh, but, you know, he's, again, kind of like a journeyman type fighter. He fought – his his call to fame wasn't even like his call to fame. He um, – 
he was there. He fought uh, Silva the night he fucking snapped his leg. Yeah. Yeah. He, he checked his kick and snapped his leg um, and, and beat Silva, but that wasn't, you know, he didn't actually technically beat him. He just broke his leg. So I think Uriah Hall is going to win and I think he's going to knock him out. I think it's, it'll be, I'm going to go with a second round knockout. I don't think it'll be a TKO. I think he, he's going to hit Weidman and drop him. So, um, yeah. So just to review, uh, we got, all right. So I'm going to go with Usman. I'm going to go with a decision. Uh, Rose, I'm going to go with a third round TKO. And I think she's going to win the belt. So the new Shevchenko, I'm going to go um, with a third round TKO. Hall, I'm going with a second round TKO. All right, knockout. And then Crute, I'm going to go with a second round TKO. So that's five fights, five UFC fights. Let's hope, because I've been on a, still on a bad streak. I mean, I've realized, I've realized this. I watch a lot of Chael Sonnen, but I usually watch him after we do this, and he doesn't put his predictions out until like late Thursday or early Thursday, and we usually do this on Wednesday. Uh me and him have a lot of the same opinions, and me and him have both been fucking wrong, absolutely wrong in the last five weeks. The comments are so funny on uh, Chael Sonnen's YouTube. They're probably one of the funniest things. They're like, don't pick me, Chael. I'm going <laughs> to like, – don't say my name, Chael, or else I'm going to get killed. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but, yeah, so UFC, big weekend, and we got some stuff coming up, obviously, in the next few weeks. We got uh, some free fights. We got Reyes, and then we got uh, Stan Hagen, Dillashaw, and then we got 262. So I'm excited to talk about that. Um, but boxing, we got uh, some boxing to talk about. We got a nice card this weekend. I'll let Jake take over. We got some uh, the Puerto Rican boxing, uh, uh, what do you call it, card, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a night for the island. Okay. Um, but first, uh, talk about the actual – the, oh, yeah, the boxing from last weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the fight last weekend that actually mattered. <laughs> Demetrius Andre versus Liam Williams. Um, I picked um, Andre to win by a late knockout, but I thought that there would be knockdowns from both guys. <clears throat> um, first of all, it was, a, it, was, it was a really great fight, mostly because Liam Williams is one of those British fighters that is a little dumb. Um, and <laughs> like won't adjust and not only does it hurt him but it weirdly puts him in better positions to land clean shots sometimes it's, it's a way, it happens rarely in boxing where you're so like awkward that it puts you in good positions but that happened so Andre put Williams down, I think, in the second round. Knocked him down. The guy, Andre hit this guy with, like, I don't know, 157 uppercuts, like, clean. Uh, at one point, he hit him with, like, five or six of them in a row. And Williams just didn't do anything. He didn't try to defend. He didn't try to move his head or roll into him or, or anything. Because um, for some reason, you know, British boxers, European boxers, just like to keep their guard high. Um, I found that that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does not work. I've been saying it uh, you know, my, my whole life. Um, but so Andre got the knockdown in the second, and then I, I want to say it was the 
fourth or fifth round, uh, Williams again, was in a very awkward position. Like he was just bowling forward. And uh, one thing that Andre does that is terrible and would get him fucked up against Canelo, which I'll, I'll get to in a minute, um, is that because he's got long arms and he's pretty quick, he throws these shots. And then before the shot lands, he starts drifting his head away to like roll away or slip away. And so he ends up in these positions where He's in a wide stance or his foot is, is one of his feet is like, you know, stepped off in the direction where he's, he wants to go and his head starts to follow that way, but really low. I'm watching um, right now and I'm literally seeing what you're explaining. Yeah. And so, so it, this one moment, they, they had a little exchange and Andre did one of those things where he put his, he landed a shot, um, put his head down and then swung around. And when he swung around, Liam Williams just came with a right. He just rolled around, bang, and came back, and, and Andre sort of rolled right into it. He stunned the shit of uh, Andre. And Andre was was uh, uh, stumbling around a little bit. He was holding on for dear life, ended up uh, holding on for the round. Uh, then Andre just basically was just picking him apart for the rest of the fight. And then later in the fight, I want to say like the, uh, the ninth round, somewhere around there, Williams stunned Andre again, had his back against the ropes, Andre did a really great job holding on, didn't get him down. Um, and then the last two rounds of the fight, Andre came back and, and uh, was just beating the ever-loving shit out of this dude for the last couple of rounds. So it was, it was a pretty brutal fight. Um, learned a lot about Andre, that the dude definitely has heart, um, but he, he's got a lot of flaws. Um, so he, he ended up winning the decision. But then after the fight, he called out Canelo. Um, which is stupid. I mean, he's, it's like, yeah, I, th this tends to happen when you're undefeated. You know, er everyone that's been in front of you, you beat and your head gets really big. And I I've said this before, you kind of have to have that as a, to be a really good fighter. You have to have that belief that you're going to beat everyone. I also um, feel like in that situation, like when you're like, who else are you going to call out? You know, like you might as well take your shot. Shoot yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, look, at he's, he's the guy, he has a middleweight belt. Uh, Canelo still holds a middleweight belt and he's the super middleweight champ. Um, so it's, it's in, in his wheelhouse, right? Like he's a guy that's, that, that could be a possible name for him. Um, I don't think it'll happen anytime soon because there are names at 168 that Canelo, I believe has on his list of fucking his assassin list. You know, this yeah. Gonna be he's gonna kill. Um, yeah, yeah. He's, he's going down that list, man. He's fucking off and all these guys. Um, but so he, yeah, he came out and, and called him out. And I just, that, the shit that I was just saying about, the, you know, him landing a shot and then like very carelessly putting his head out there and rolling before he, I, cause I, so one thing I, I always tell people when I'm training them is that, you know, like say we're working the mitts and we were, we're doing a combination where I have them slip or roll, right. They get to a point where they start anticipating mm. the, the shot coming and they start moving that they'll throw a shot and before the shot is is through the target they start moving their head in the direction they know that they're going next so mm. they're anticipating instead of seeing the shot come yeah and i'm always telling them like that's how you get fucked up right i mean someone faints with this way you're anticipating that shot come you start moving another way bam you're moving to something else yep. um and andre tends to do that a lot where he anticipates where a shot is coming from and he'll go ahead and move his head in the in the opposite direction that shit will not fucking work on Canelo. Canelo's too smart for that shit. He will put that dude to sleep 
real fucking quick. He's going to use uh, the feints all day, and he's just going to answer back. <laughs> yeah, Canelo's like one of the best in, in boxing right now with, with feints. Yeah. You know, little, little jab steps, little head fakes, with everything. Um, so, anyway, that that uh, that won't end up well for him. But it was a great fight, nonetheless. Andre won. Um, we'll, we'll see what's what's next for him. Um, I think that the, there is a possibility that he'll fight Canelo, but I don't think it'll be this year. Um because again, I th- I see after Billy Joe, uh, Caleb Plant, and uh, Benavides are yeah. probably the next two fights for Canelo. Yeah. Um. So this weekend, let's see here. We have uh, I'm not going to go over all the fights, but there are um, There's a couple main ones. We got Berlanga, right? Yeah. So there are a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fights. Uh, but I'm going to go over f- uh, four of them. All right. So I'm, I'm just going to go down li- the line in the order. So the main card is Emmanuel Navarrete versus Christopher Diaz for um, uh, Navarrete has a, uh, one of the featherweight belts, um, WBL belt. Um, Navarrete is one of these guys. He's like, he's got such long arms for a dude his size it just looks odd um and what's even weirder is that he throws as many punches as he does with a guy that has reach like that um so what happens is he doesn't really having that reach advantage over pretty much everyone he doesn't use it he likes to be on the inside he likes to throw a lot of punches uh he likes to throw uppercuts which is very awkward because he can land uppercuts from range um with uh, effectiveness um, because his arms are so long. Um, uh, but he's a, he's a very awkward fighter. He's a good fighter, a uh, lot of heart. Um, and Christopher Diaz is honestly, he's like, he's an average fighter. There's not like, he's not one of these guys. Like you look at him and you're like, eh, you know, okay. He does this. Okay. He does that. Okay. So I think, uh, I think Navarrete is going to fucking crack this dude with something real big. Um, I'm going to say Navarrete puts, puts him out. We'll go six round and keeps his belt. Uh, next down the line, Berlanga versus Berlanga versus Damon Nicholson. Uh, I've seen a little bit of this dude, Nicholson. Um, all he is is a dizzy motherfucker. Uh, that guy goes in there and throws real hard punches. But, you know, you, you, you fart on this dude. And he's like, oh, 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 <laughs> He's, he's a, I'm telling you, he's a dizzy motherfucker and Berlinga's pretty, we're probably looking at another first round knockout. So uh, Berlinga, I think extends his streak. I'm going first round knockout. Um, there's no fucking way this dude's last more than a round. I don't think so. I saw, uh, I saw a picture of Berlinga two days ago. Um, he met Lil Wayne and then Lil Wayne wanted a cardboard cut out of him in a studio. <laughs> Lil Wayne's got a cardboard cut out of him. Uh, yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw Edgar, Edgar Berlanga in this studio. <laughs> I, say, I saw the picture. Yeah, the, uh, Lil Wayne was wearing like a garbage bag or something. Right? <laughs> it's true. Um, uh, okay, and then next we got uh, Jose Vargas versus Willie Shaw. Um, uh, these guys are welterweights. Vargas is a uh, pretty talented. Like he's. He's one of these guys that probably does have the um, 
the skill, the, the potential to be a, like a top name in the welterweight division. Um, uh, again, nothing, nothing really spectacular about him, mm-hmm. but he is, he, he's a very good fighter, very effective fighter. Uh, he's fighting a guy named Willie Shaw who, you know, he, he, he can box a little bit, but he's, uh, he's a little slight, you know, I don't, I don't think he's going to be able to handle, um, Vargas's power shots. I'm going to say, say Vargas gets rid of Shaw. Let's go. It's a 10 round fight. I'll go eighth round. Vargas eighth round knockout. Um, and then the last one I'm going to pick is, uh, the young phenom kids, 19 or maybe still 18. I don't know. Uh, Xander Zayas. Um, I've heard you talk about him before. Yeah. Yeah, he's fighting a guy named Demarcus Layton. Now, this guy Demarcus Layton couldn't find anything on him. He is an up and coming prospect, though. I think he's five and zero with three knockouts. So he's got something on the line here as well. Um, I'm gonna go. So I'm basing this all just on what I've seen from Zayas, that, I, that what I know about him, and what I know about boxing and how this shit works. I'm going to say is that this is another guy that Zayas is going to uh, put down and get out of there quick. It's only a six round fight. I'm going to say, uh, I, I picked Zayas is he only, he fought just a couple weeks ago and I picked him to, to, yeah. And then to go in the full four rounds. Um, I'm going to say Zayas comes back. I'm going to say he gets a knockout this one. I'm going to say the fourth round. Cool. Okay. So I got, Navarrete, knockout. Berlanga, knockout. Vargas, knockout. Zayas, knockout. Four for four, four knockouts? And to be honest with you, on this card, you, you, I mean, there's a good chance that we see knockouts in almost all of these. There's a good chance that we, yeah, there's a good chance that we see a whole knockouts. That's, uh, that's interesting. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see it. So, yeah, it's on ESPN. It's on ESPN? Yep. Cool. So nine fights overall we picked this weekend. Nine fights. We got the four Jake just picked, the five that I picked for UFC. Ton of stuff to watch this weekend. Obviously, UFC is a pay-per-view. This is a big one. The boxing's free on ESPN, so tune in. Uh, any other news or things like that? Um, no. Oh, the uh, um, Joshua Fury. There's an update. They they have uh, the fight is going to be in Saudi Arabia. Okay, cool. So they have they have the place now, so we're getting closer to a date um, for for the fight. Um, and um, next week we, another another week a ton of fights. Yeah, May first, right? Pay per view. Got a, a card on the zone. Uh, Katie Taylor's fighting next week. Derek Chisora's Dimitri Bivol is fighting. Arizlani Lara's fighting. Andy Ruiz is fighting. Sebastian yep. Fedora's fighting. Ton of fights next week. Cool. All right. I'm excited for it. Um, definitely break that down next week. So this weekend, tune in. Let us know what you guys think. Let us know your predictions. All of UFC, all of boxing. There's a lot to talk about. Oh, thank God we don't have to talk about Askren and Paul anymore or Derek Paul in general. We're done signing off until something else comes up. And, uh, yeah, so a lot of UFC coming up, a lot of boxing coming up. Enjoy it. Watch it. Let us know what you think. And we will see you guys next week. Peace. See ya.